Hey, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 66. I'm Vince, and we're the podcast that talks all about bartending. Sometimes we talk about bartending techniques. Sometimes we talk to experts in fields like bourbon or last week's interview with beer expert Stephen Balmont. Well, this week's show is all about bitters. There's a whole big world of cool bitters out there besides that bottle of Angostura bitters that sits behind most every bar. You know, that bottle with the oversized paper label next to the cash register behind the cup full of pens. Don't get me wrong, Angostura bitters are great, and they need to be behind the bar. But uh, it's great to branch out and try something new sometimes. So today I'm going to be talking to Miles Thomas, and he's a bartender who founded the Scrappy Bitters Company. Here we go. So my guest today is Miles Thomas. He's the proprietor of Scrappy Bitters, and uh, you uh, started making house-made bitters while in while bartending. Is that right? Yes, I did. Um, I made bitters. I think it was back in uh, 2004. I started making bitters, uh-huh. and uh, I was making bitters just behind the bar for myself, really. Right. And uh, I had been making things before that. I was making vermouths and liqueurs and all kinds of infusions and whatnot. Somebody gave me a recipe for some really basic, it was actually the Regan's bitters, some version of the Regan's bitters, and right. I took it and I made it and kind of realized that I could do it much better with the in, what I've learned from making other things, and I sort of attempted to make it better, and my first few tries are pretty miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it took me quite a while, actually, probably about a year before I had uh, a recipe that I actually enjoyed and thought was good. I really started to research herbs and extractions and different methods and dove in deep and spent all the money that I had at the time on just buying herbs and trying herbs and trying different methods of extraction and really kind of went mad on it. Right. After, you know, a couple of years, I had some really great formulas for a few different flavors of bitters and I was using them and some of my bartending friends asking for them and I would make bitters for them and then I sort of realized that there was a void in the market at the time there was no other products out there was Peixo there was Regan's and Angostura and that was all that was on the market at the time right so I decided to turn it into a real company and launch some products and it worked out six years later wow that's great yeah it's great stuff uh well you're you're on the west coast i'm on the east coast here where it's uh five o'clock or as i call it manhattan o'clock so uh i made myself a manhattan and added just a little bit of your uh, lavender bitters which are makes it uh gives it a little interesting twist i like it totally yeah good stuff so are you still bartending no i actually quit bartending about three years ago okay but i do a little guest shift here and there right um you know i've sort of built the brand on the on my reputation as a bartender, as uh, you know, well-known bartender, and had a good following and mm-hmm. a lot of great customers, um, so that helped out starting the company. Right. And then you know, I just kind of let it grow into its own thing, and you know, today we employ like 13 people or so, and cool. Distribute 20 states, uh, nine countries. Wow, that's great. Well, I think a, a lot of people, including some bartenders, don't really. No, there's other products out there besides Angostura, and uh, but awareness is growing all the time, you know. But uh, can you just give us your definition of what bitters are? Yeah, I mean, bitters are uh, an alcoholic extraction of herbs, and they're meant to be uh, seasoning for your cocktail. Uh, they can, in my opinion, they should be a very strong extraction, a very potent extraction. Um, okay. That should be bitter, and if it's not bitter, and if it's not intense when you taste it on its own, mm-hmm. 
then it's not necessarily going to hold up in a cocktail. Um, you know, if you're mixing mixing them or using them for cooking, which you can do as well, right. uh, they need to be potent. If in, unless you want to use half a bottle, you know. <laughs> so when you taste bitters, uh, they need to they need to have a punch to them. You know, if you taste them and they seem pleasant, they're probably not <laughs> going to be as useful as you'd like, unless you don't mind using lots of it. Right. You know, they originally started out as medicine. They were basically like a cure-all, and they have lots of um, medicinal properties. Um, one that I can speak on is anything that's bitter that touches your palate activates your uh, solubation, and uh, it stimulates digestion. Oh. And so, you know, it, sometimes it could be aperitifs or digestives, but, you know, there's other medicinal qualities with the herbs. But uh, unfortunately, we can't really talk about them because of the FDA. And if you start right. making claims about healing properties or medicinal yeah, it was kind of it, it was kind of sold as uh, snake oil years ago, right? Yeah. But that's interesting. I hadn't heard it uh, described that way. Uh, so there was maybe a little science behind it. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of science behind uh, bitterness on your palate. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, like you say, you don't you don't need too much in a cocktail, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't need too much, but also you shouldn't be dribbling one or two drops. It's, a, you know, one or two real dashes. Right. Well, uh, some people describe it as the bartender's salt and pepper, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's a good description. Yeah. I, I read another quote from a bartender who said, whenever I feel like a cocktail is missing something, bitters is always the answer. <laughs> usually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the bitterness in bitters... Um, usually is what rounds off those edges on a sharp cocktail. You know, you can just, like a simple drink to experiment with bitters is an old-fashioned. You know, you can make an old-fashioned without bitters right. and then make one with win- with bitters and taste them side to side, and you'll see right away what bitters does in a cocktail. Oh, yeah, and a Manhattan as well. Like, I have one right here. <laughs> I've actually just tried just begun experimenting with making my own bitters and boy is it, the first batch came out really bad <laughs> so it takes a lot of trouble a lot of trial and error huh uh yeah indeed and uh, you know there's a lot more information out these days about right. bitters and how to make bitters uh, when i started there was literally none and uh, i really kind of had to develop my own methods and and formulas and you know they're kind of proprietary now we obviously don't share them right but, uh, you know, there is a lot of good information out there, and there's some fun recipes to make at home. And, and I think it's great to experiment and play, and I think it gives you kind of a, maybe more appreciation and respect for the brands of bitters that are, you know, strong and true in flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. One of the things no. that I do with uh, Scrappies is I have a main flavor, and that main flavor is the star of the show. And for that main flavor to be strong and potent without adding chemicals or dyes or anything like that, I use other herbs to reinforce that flavor. So it's like a, all these other herbs that come together, if you remove the star component, they still, still sort of taste like, let's just say, orange. Mm-hmm. All the herbs in my orange bitters, when, they, when you bring them all together and extract them, you taste orange. And then when you add actual orange to it, which we use all fresh citrus, mm-hmm. um, it's it's very strong. It's very powerful. I kind of describe it like if you're in a band and you're the lead singer, you may sound great as a cappella, but you sound much better with your band behind you. Right. 
Well, I'm not going to ask you to give away any secrets, but for my first try making bitters, it seems to me there must be more to it than just macerating your herbs and whatever ingredients in a high proof spirit, you know, sure. but <laughs> I'll, I'll experiment with that on my, on my own and try to uh, see what I can figure out. I think yeah, I, uh, Brad Thompson wrote a, a, an amazing book yeah, called I was just gonna bring that Bitters up. and uh, he's got a ton of information in there and all that information about brands and history and that's an awesome resource of Bitters if anybody's curious. Yeah, I just finished reading it myself and uh, to, for our listeners, it's uh the name of the book is Bitters, A Spirited History of a Classic Cure-All by Brad Thomas Parsons. That's a great resource about uh, – and it's got a lot of cocktail recipes and bitters recipes and the history of uh, – a bit about the history of bitters. So, it's yeah, it is a great book. So was your growth kind of uh, organic or uh, how yeah, did it, it come to be? Yeah, organic. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I really wanted to kind of jump into the company, but um, nobody would lend me money. You know, I was just a poor bartender at the time and <laughs> – I uh, couldn't get a loan, save my life, and I just, you know, I kept bartending full time, and I put all the money that I had into the company, and slowly developed it, and you know, all the money that was made from Scrappies went right back into the company, and I actually didn't take any payment from uh, from it in for at least three years, and then I, you know, finally quit my day gig. I'd scaled back quite a bit, but I finally quit my day gig and or night gig, I guess, <laughs> and uh, did. Scrappy's full-time. I had a few employees at the time that were all part-time, and, you know, we just started, we were just growing so quickly, um, you know, all the business really came to us. Uh, I think we wow. were lucky in the sense that we had a product that speaks for itself in terms of quality, and mm-hmm. um, literally every distributor that we have until today has come to us. Wow, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, you know, when I was starting it, there, like I said, there were no other brands out at the time. I know that Bitter Truth had just launched in uh, Europe, and they were starting to come overseas to the U.S., and I think they landed in the U.S. probably right after I launched. You know, they had a big bankroll and a lot of advertisement dollars and mm-hmm. signed up with uh, some other mm-hmm. larger distribution companies that really gained them a lot of traction. Right. And I know that the Bitterman's company also... Uh, helped out uh, with some of their formulas and whatnot, and they uh, sort of sold uh, Bitter Truth and Bitter Mints together on a few flavors, and that was great for Bitter Mints, and I think they're a great company as well. Mm-hmm. We do very different products in that sense. Right. I mean, they're both bitters, but they are unique in their own ways. Yeah. Bitters are kind of uh, a bit mysterious, and uh, to, to me at least, that's kind of the appeal, don't you think? Sure, yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, I mean, in the last few years it's the i think the, just the cocktail culture in general has uh mm. has, has grown quite a bit and it uh in that sense of bitters have become a more popular item you know i mean before prohibition there were many different flavors of bitters many different brands of bitters and after prohibition happened you know it sort of killed that i mean jerry thomas uh if you follow cocktail culture you know he was sort of deemed the father of the cocktail um he also had his own line of bitters. Um, mm-hmm. there, you know, there was just many, many available brands. Um, and I feel like we're kind of coming back from Prohibition now and getting this revolution of craft beverages back and just craft spirits, craft bitters, syrups, 
uh, shrubs, all kinds of amazing products are coming back to the market. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, last week I interviewed uh, Stephen Beaumont, who's a, a beer expert, and uh, we talked about craft beers. and And I asked him, uh, "Do you think the craft spirit revolution, for lack of a better word, has followed the?" Um, it came about because of the craft beer revolution. And he said, you know, definitely. And then it occurred to me that, you know, the, all these other products like bitters and um, syrups and all these other things kind of follow that. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's exciting. It's an exciting time in the, in the cocktail world. Definitely. Yeah. Agreed. Well, um, I wanted to ask you if you have any advice for, um, you know, a lot of our listeners are, um, most of our listeners are, are working bartenders, but um, they don't work all in high-end cocktail bars. And uh, I wonder if you have any advice for encouraging guests to try something new. You know, so many, so many guests just stick to the same old thing. And uh, in fact, last week when I was bartending, I had a young lady who, uh, she wanted a dirty martini and I kind of cringed on the inside, but I didn't show it, you know, and, uh, and I said, well, let, let me, let me make you a classic martini first. And if you don't like it, I'll, I'll dirty it up for you, you know? And, uh, so I made it with, uh, more vermouth than she's used to, I'm sure. And, uh, some orange bitters. And, uh, how do you think the story turned out? I ended up putting the olive juice in it in the end, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to encourage, uh, people to try something new, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a the fine line of coming off as friendly and right. You know, trying to show somebody something new and also at the same time you don't want to appear uh arrogant or you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you a lesson and show you some new tricks. You right. know, I, I've definitely been in I don't yeah, I've been in bars in the past where, you know, the bartender just assume that you don't know anything and they want to teach you a lesson about something and yeah. it's never a good look. But no. I, you know, I just I I guess my advice would just be friendly and uh, you know, offer things up, maybe make little samples. I mm-hmm. uh, once in a while I'd have a comp tab and I would make some fancy cocktail and I would just make a whole bunch of I'd just pour it into a bunch of little glasses and just taste it out to the bar. Here, try this out. There's a cocktail. I don't know if you, you know, this is based on what you guys are drinking right now. It's similar but different. Give it a go. If you like it, you know, that could be your next drink. That's such a great thing. And it's, and unfortunately, it's so hard to talk the owners into doing stuff like that, you know. Sure. It, it, it's, it's really frustrating as a bartender to, uh, to deal with the owners who are uh, not, they don't necessarily have the same vision or or uh, even experimentation. You know, I mean, I talk about the, the the guests who are tough to talk into trying something new. The, the owners are even worse sometimes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I would also uh, work work the angle of I would get a discount on my drinks and I would just make my own tab up and mm. you know maybe I'm paying half price on a bunch of samples, but I'm turning somebody onto something new and. In turn, maybe I get a better tip, and it all pays yeah. for itself in the end. I mean, yeah. it's always a little bit of a gamble, but right. you do what you can. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I don't want to. You're you're uh, in the factory right now, right, or the uh, production uh, house right now, and I, I don't want to hold you up too long. So I'm sure you have a lot of work to do. And I really appreciate you talking to us and our listeners. And uh, if you're, uh, are you are you headed to uh, Tales of the Cocktail this year? Uh, you know, uh, there'll probably be somebody from our team there. Uh, mm. We kind of, we we haven't been going uh, as regularly as we used to. It's sometimes hard. We, you know, we're not a huge company. Right, sure. um, And we are not distributed by any 
huge major distribution. Yeah. We usually work with smaller local distribution because we feel that they're more connected with the community around them, and mm-hmm. we sort of like that vibe. And our yeah. product is, uh, you know, handcrafted and it's a special thing. So we don't feel like we need to kind of just spray the world with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we sort of get pushed out a bit at uh, Tales of the Cocktail because we don't have those major marketing dollars. That yeah. It's mainly run by Diageo. I mean, it's a yeah. great event. There's a, a lot of great people there. I would say the seminars are awesome. and The people behind them are great. But uh, for a small production company, it's it can be a little bit it's daunting tough, yeah. and, and a little bit frustrating as well to just not be have a voice in that at all or even be recognized. Right. But usually we're sold in the little bitters market and yeah. we'll do one or two little things there. But Yeah, cool. Well I uh I'll be there this year and uh it'd be great to keep in touch with you. And uh and the Manhattan Cocktail Classic as well. I'll be there for that. Oh yeah, we'll have uh some of our team members there. I won't make it this year because I'll be in Spain uh doing something similar. Uh but uh yeah, some of my team will be there and they're gonna be doing some seminars in uh at uh Huckleberry, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, I'll try to uh, I'll try to get in on that if there's any room left. Very cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love to stay in touch, and uh, maybe we can meet up and have a cocktail one of these days. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us, Miles. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. All right, take care. Bye now. All right, well, that was a cool interview. I learned a lot, and uh, I've been really getting into bitters lately. I, I have a pretty big bitters collection. I think I'll uh, post a picture of it, actually, up on our website, bartenderjourney.weebly.com. That's our website. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm Vince at vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at barkeeptips. And Vanna will be on the show next week. Looks like it's going to have to be via phone, but uh, that's all right. Be good to talk to him again, and we'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.